0: You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. Yes, we are the Fantasy Joes. I am at Rhoda Librarian, Ryan Livergood, joining me this evening all the way from Minneapolis, Minnesota, in the Big Bad Pillow Palace. It's Will, the Thrill. Greenwood!
1: Soon to be Will. The Thrill, of course, first. Uh, part owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves Greenwood. I can The team is just for sale. So uh, I took all of our Patreon dollars, everybody, and then putting together a bid. Uh, it's, it's myself, Kevin Garnett, and some of his investors trying to get in. So hopefully, you know, pretty soon here, uh, it'll be the Minnesota Greenwoods. Instead so the Timberwolves, a name change is <laughs> contingent in the deal. So like the whole, the, like, you know, whatever, 20 bucks towards it. You know, I, I'm thinking, you know, you miss every shot, you don't take Ryan. So let's go for it. And uh, <laughs> Mike Zimmer just got extended for the Vikings. So after we talked last week, how huh, I think Mike Zimmer might be short for the Vikings. Uh, they said they tacked on multiple years to his deal. So wow. welcome to the fantasy snooze fest. That is the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, I'm sure the running backs will still be good. So, like, that's what we really
0: care about, right? Yeah, that's all we really care about. Um, Well, I'm not even sure where where to go from there. Uh, (laughs) 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 So – I am in a, a startup league right now, Will. It is a, an auction startup. So This is relevant to everybody, by the way. Yeah. No, but I, I want to say, I want to ask you, do you have any leagues? So you're in some 2 tight leagues, and I, was, I spent the money to get them, but I have both Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. So do you have any leagues where you've got both of those guys?
1: Yeah. So the, uh, the, the, the uh, social dist- League of Social Distancing, which was a 10-man startup started by Steve one of the guys who's in our, a lot of our group chats, Ryan, who's he's pretty funny and vocal. Mm-hmm. And also was, I think it was this league, or is the other league that I'm in with those guys, where we had a whole night of just sharing pictures of our dogs and then talking about their trade values slightly. <laughs> and right. so far, they're, they're, the trade values are high, are high for the pups. Uh, but like, you know, Jake, Jake Anderson's in that league, and, and he's the one that, you know, sent Scott Fish the picture of his dog. Right. Uh, what's his name? Oh, damn it. Sorry. And dang it, sorry, Jake. Uh, but his dog was the, one of the reasons, like they said, like send you know, a picture of your kids or family or whatever. And he sent the dog and he got in. But anyway, that was uh, the first, That was like the most recent two tight end startup that I did. And my first two picks, round were uh, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. I believe nice. I was drafting out of the sixth spot. So, but it was, you come around, you know, it's a couple spots sooner. But I'm, I'm pretty ecstatic about that team. It's weird having to be 10 team because I'm not a big fan of 10 team, but 10 team, two tight end. Deeper rosters, but not too deep. Where the Weber Wire is pretty rich. It's also super flex, and uh, you know, we're playing for like thirty, forty bucks a year, you know, entry fees. So it's not 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 too high cost. Of entry. Maybe it's even twenty five, but it's uh, it's been fun. Not yeah. much action. Not much action in that league after the startup, but we'll get there. Once yeah. I start Once I start doming the whole
0: league with my Travis Kelsey, George Kittle stack at tight end. It's always funny in leagues. Will. That you have these activities, these like ebbs and flows in the chats, like you know obviously the rookie drafts or rookie auctions, there's always a lot of buzz, then after that it kind of dies down, then you know as the season gets closer it's just it's very interesting how these leagues ebb and flow. I think a lot of people, a lot of hardcore dynasty players want to you know be in really active leagues where there's like you know two three four trade offers a uh, you know a day in your inbox. But at the end of the day, I don't. I don't think most leagues are like that. I think most leagues are very much. Uh, they, they, there's a spike and then there's a decline. What do you find that in your leagues?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And usually, I, I'm the one that tries to kick off the spike. Um, sometimes for, to, to my detriment, but sometimes to my benefit. And but Ryan, we're getting off track here. Talk to us about this. Uh, you know, very wide-reaching, broad auction startup that you're doing.
0: I thought maybe I shouldn't go down that road because I don't know how relevant it is to a lot of listeners because of the um, the IDP component. So this is a league where you start 22, you you roster 45 plus. I think you can have um, eight on your taxi squad. So it, it's that's what I like though, Will, about IDP leagues is that you generally have to you know have super deep rosters and um, and go go that deep because of the IDP. You don't see that a lot. You don't start yeah. 22 in a lot of, you know, It it's, it's t-
1: is taxi taxi squad, I assume, is just rookies?
0: Can you keep them on for more than a year? Like, what's the uh... – Yeah, it's something I, mean, I would have to look at the bylaws. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think it's maybe it's a couple of years. Maybe the first two years until you pull them off.
1: I kind of like uh, – in two leagues that I'm in, you can pull a player on and off the taxi squad their rookie season. But then after that, once you take them off, they're locked.
0: Oh, wow. That's interesting.
1: I think I might still have Traquan Smith on the taxi squad in that league. Uh, so, come on, Traquan Smith.
0: Is, is he one of your, like, like I know we all have our early round disappointments when it comes to rookie drafts, at least I certainly do. But do you have any, like, second, third round disappointments? Is, is he one of those guys that sticks out for you? Because you were a big Traquan Smith fan. You really believed in him, and you got him a lot in a lot of leagues, like, second, third round.
1: Yeah, late. I mean, we're talking, like, it was very minimal investment in there. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think he's – I mean, there's nothing that I can say to where I am happy about drafting Trey Quince with uh, basically anywhere. I'm glad – I think the chance and the opportunity – I don't think the process was poor, but the result was just terrible. And uh, I just don't see him emerging there this year. You know, with that team, if he's not spot on, if he's not uh, – Sound in that offense, it, you know, unless he takes a big jump from last year, it's just not. It's just worthless. It's gone. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is going to come in, and he's like the safest wide receiver on the block. You know, he's he's right where yeah. he, where yeah. he should be when he should be, and that's what that I feel like that's what that that Saints team with Drew Brees aging out of the league is going to rely on. So unless there's like an injuries or he really emerges somehow during this this year with no offseason uh he's he's just droppable which also ryan brings me to mother uh not second or third round pick but my duke johnson if we did, or duke williams sorry duke williams uh I, I shed a tear every time i've been dropping duke williams off off the squads and i've held on <laughs> with white knuckles just firmly in a couple places
0: but he's yep. uh i
1: think he's i think he's done too
0: you had, believe, you had me, you had me believing for a couple of weeks last year. It was oh. it was exciting. It was fun while it lasted. The, in his first one, game, game that he, game, game, he played, he had the, like
1: 14 the, targets. Right. Oh my goodness. Oh Ryan. Ryan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, ah, uh, that, that's that's funny. You, you get, getting back to the the draft, Kalen Bellage is the guy for me. That went around Trey Kron Smith because I, I really uh. had, you know, like he was like such a athletic freak, but there was a reason that um you know he what what was the fourth rounder or something like that but i really i just really had high hopes for him and i had him in a lot of places and i in I mean, last year given an opportunity i thought this is it and it wasn't it, it, it he's he's awful
1: yeah I was, I was really excited too for like ty johnson getting his opportunity to start in in detroit uh, i had him in a lot of places and he when he started he just didn't do anything you know right like, and those guys wash out so quickly and Um, that that was
0: like you listen to a lot of redraft podcasts and like ty johnson you know he's the guy You spend all your fab dollars because he might win you your leagues i mean there was uh, talk like that you remember
1: yeah i got so much ty johnson (laughs) it was awesome but not awesome at the same time his projected points were through the roof (laughs) if you got (laughs) if you got fantasy projected
0: points that would that would be just just amazing um that's one that's one of the things that i i like about and, and that's it happens in dynasty leagues sometimes, but more more often in, in redraft leagues. When you like, you check the waiver wire and you see if your fab bid was was accepted in the high bid, and you win that player, and you're like, "Ty Johnson, yeah, now I got this league. It's mine now." <laughs> yeah. this going down, and then they do nothing. But you you have that hot, you know, you 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 beat out the next guy. You, you bid a dollar more than he did, or something. It just feels so good.
1: Yeah, that's like you bid. You know, you bid. Uh, you know, forty four. Or fifty-six dollar, you know, or forty, you know, some sort of one dollar incremental bid, or like fifty-seven, and some guy went fifty-six, and some guy went fifty-five, and you're like, ha, I outsmarted all you suckers. (laughs) This, it's over, and uh, that's one where it just it just really didn't pan out. And then it turns out that like West Hills can score two touchdowns in a game there. And like, it's just a, uh, that's one of the things with like, fan- it's, like sorting things by fantasy points. per game Yeah. With the he's always, position.
0: yeah. He's always on the top of the list. Uh, it's like, Oh, this guy's still available in this, in this auction. Oh shit. It's, yeah, it's West. <laughs> it's West Hills.
1: Uh, Quadri Olsen was a big disappointment, even though oh, I didn't wait. expect much out of him, but his oh, projections- I, did. I did. His projections for next year are eight touchdowns. So like that's, that's more than the whole Jets offense might have in three or four seasons, with Adam Gase at the helm. So
0: that could be a big win. Uh, what? So what are you doing in your leagues right now? I mean, because we're we're really already in this dead zone and in a bad time to be listening to the news because it just you know it makes you nervous what's going to happen with the season. But let's let's not get into that. Let's talk about what you're what you're doing because there's just not a lot of news other than yeah. What's
1: I've been trying to low ball acquire Aaron Jones. He pops up. I feel like on a lot of trade baits on MFL. Yeah. And potentially how that, how that person's team is built and what they're doing. Uh, I, I factor that in, but even if their team build does not conduce it to trade Aaron Jones, I still give it a go. Uh, it has not worked out. Ryan it has not worked out. Um, I think the the potential, like uh, the potential fantasy points for this next season is just too high for people to really let go of. Like, He's a younger version of of like Mark Ingram, you know, going into last year where his you know, his twenty his twenty nineteen Mark Ingram's potential was through the roof. And he actually had a really great season. Aaron yeah. Jones is 2020 like potential is through the roof. And then his future is unknown. He's not as old as Mark Ingram, so it's not the exact same by any means. I'm not not comparing apples to apples here for mm-hmm. the most part. But just saying like what you're buying him for and what your expectation is, is at least one year of great production. Uh, and I just can't find that that sweet spot of where I'd be willing to give something up to acquire him properly
0: right yeah I regret uh, I sold him in, in I think two leagues last year because I thought he was just the best sell candidate because um I, I thought gr- this was before the draft I thought they were gonna the Green Bay was gonna draft a running back and, and, they, and they didn't and um obviously he had an amazing year I mean yeah it was kind of a roller coaster because he had, he'd have some boom weeks and then he had some really quiet weeks but um I think, you know, the, the thing to remember is that, yeah, they, they probably don't bring him back, but what if they do? What if what if he has another big year and they resign him? um You know, I, I don't, I mean, yeah, my thinking is he's, you know, you're, if you're going to put money down, it's one big year. And then the big question mark, but if he resigns with Green Bay, he could have several more good years. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I, I, I think he is worth though, that, the, trying to acquire him low because i think there are some people that have soured on him um maybe now that we're getting away from the draft and you know there were some some people like us that were talking about aj Dillon and how he's going to take over someday and maybe that made people nervous I, you don't hear that as much anymore but i think he's still a guy that you might acquire cheaply i think uh, another guy that's that's kind of interesting which is, is much cheaper is uh james connor with uh, uh pittsburgh steelers because i because i do think that <laughs> he's gonna be the uh the guy there you know for yeah one, uh
1: year. will's great bold prediction of 2019 james connor finishes the number one overall running back
0: it was i i you know maybe your prediction was bolder than than mine or i don't know what trey was thinking at the time but I thought he was going to have a great year. I, I took him pretty early in Scott Fishbowl 9. Um, and I, I, I had a lot of hopes on, on him having a big year, and it didn't work out for me, obviously. Same. I grabbed him everywhere in
1: redraft and in dynasty. Uh, I traded Juju Smith Schuster straight up for him uh, in our 14 team league, oh. Ryan. It uh, turns out everybody lost that one in 2019. <laughs> so I think, yeah. I mean, I, obviously I'd rather, I'd rather have Juju now.
0: I'd rather have Juju now. But in 2019, there's whatever. It's, it's right. going to actually help you a little bit more than, than Juju.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's also the one where I scooped up Mostert and Higby. And then I still started uh, Connor over Mostert in the final, Ryan, just because I wanted to be fantasy right. And I still, I still beat you, but it made it nail-biting.
0: Yeah, because I started Aaron Rodgers over Daniel Jones that week. That was the fatal mistake that I made. <laughs> yeah, I also let be on the bench. I made some big, big time poor moves. You know, you always remember. I, I'm sure I've made some smart starts in championships that won me championships. Like switched out guys. I don't remember those. I remember the the bad starts that I made in championships. Were, I mean, yeah. even if it was the right pro you, know, pro you know, right decision, right process, but it just blew up in your face. You know. Um, yeah,
1: the the bad starts leave a ringing. Just a like a an ear splitting ring in the back of your mind. I mean, I remember uh, the my first fantasy football championship ever, Ryan, was uh, the year of <clears throat> was it? It's Tim, Tim, what was it on the Saints? The year, yeah. Uh, oh, Tim Hightower. Yeah, Tim Hightower, because the other backup was scooped up first, and uh, I did, I right. just took Tim Hightower. And I was like, dude, I don't know who this Tim Hightower guy is, but you might produce some fantasy points and then in the fantasy playoffs you put up like an average of like 35 you know this is a, a near standard league points and so that was a that was a fun moment in 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 time uh tim high hightower the shooting star of of the fantasy season that yeah. year and uh you know you look into like uh it just reminds you of players that i know that we're going on this kind of rant down memory lane here but of just the the fleeting nature of running backs, Ryan, and what their values are going to be and, you know, how how much we're really going to invest in these guys. So like even – I know Aaron Jones had a complete blow-up season, and I think his athleticism tests out well. He looks good on tape. uh, But those kind of players, those later round picks, have a much harder time really sticking in the NFL, and we can't pretend that we know what the Packers are going to do in the future. I mean, I think this draft is an exact example of that – that team is an enigma, and good luck predicting what they're going to do. What do you think they're going to do? Surround Aaron Rodgers with talent. What did they do? They drafted a quarterback and running back, and then a fullback. You know, they didn't they didn't do anything to help Rodgers out besides like sign Devin Funchess. So, is <laughs> is Aaron Jones going to be this? You know, this, this 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 is he going to be on his second team, and in the running back market that could be upcoming. He's not he going to might not be paid much. It might like I feel bad for the guy because his career path. As far as income goes, I hope he gets like some good sponsors and some good deals that way because his his actual you know salary value is going to be poor and it's going to be short. He's not going to be we're not, in, in four years from now. We're not going to be talking about Aaron Jones, in my opinion, not a chance.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Totally Versus with that. four years
1: from now, we could be talking about Ezekiel it's twilight and how epic of a fantasy player he's been. You know, like, you know, it's, yeah. it's the difference between draft capital contracts, team, and somewhat predictability. Absolutely. So, so that's uh, that's moving back to uh, a guy like Raheem Mostert. I, I've, I've, Ryan, I've done some early best balls and drafted him. I even drafted him our one that we're, our league that we're in that uh, <clears throat> welcome everything is fine. But I think in redraft now, I'm completely fading out of him, regardless of value. It's the concept of that, uh, that that kind of like C.J. Anderson type of season where they right. had a really great end. And the predictability going in the future, he's just going to be overvalued, even in like the sixth, seventh round of a you know of a startup. And then if he gets this extra money from San Francisco, which it sounds like everything's just going to be fine, and that's going to really solidify itself before our actual redraft league start. Uh, I I would like to as soon as the news drops that Mostert has got like an extra 500k or something from the Niners, who has who have a bunch of cap room for this season. Uh, it, if that gets solidified, I I have him just a couple of places, but I'm going to be just, you know, he's going to be a part of a package where I'm going to try to move up to a
0: player that I think has more long-term stability. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Who was the, I, can't, I cannot think of his name, and you can help me think of this, I think. Um, he played for the Baltimore Ravens. It was like, he was running back. Was it Justin Forsett. No, not Justin Forsett. Uh-huh. There was a guy that. Alex was, Collins. Alex Collins, that's it. Alex Collins. Any, so Alex-
1: any late-round Baltimore running back.
0: So Alex Collins though, was the, the guy that, you know, was, was being taken. Like, you know, if you, if you mess out on those early running backs, he's a guy you can get in, like the third, fourth, fifth round. And, and that's, he just, that did not work out. So, so he has that, you're, you're talking about guys that have that kind of feeling, you know, we, we get infatuated with these guys. Um, you can even argue a little bit like a Philip Lindsay type that kind of, kind of falls in that bucket. Oh, Although we'll see. Um, <laughs> uh. But anyway, um but so yeah, that's right. So
1: Al- Alex Collins always sticks out in my mind too because I had a good buddy of mine. and He's like, I can't wait to draft Alex Collins in the third round, <laughs> in his snake draft. And I, I, well, I had it's the so text now. I, I had, but I had the text <laughs> written out being like, Hey man, I don't like that. Like because you know we were doing this podcast. I want to be like, I don't think you should draft Alex Collins. But I get so incredibly nervous when giving friends advice about fantasy because. It, you, it's a, a thankless job for the most part. You don't get a lot of uh, you don't you don't get a lot of like congratulatory like high fives for the <laughs> most part. You
0: only get harped on for your negatives. So like that's right. They're not taking you out to dinner or anything. They win the championship. And so I looked into money.
1: I looked so much into Alex Collins, and I was just like, well, I can see where he could be incredibly valuable, and this is a mistake to give this piece of advice, even though I I you know I I wasn't drafting him for the most part, unless he was a really big value in like an auction redraft league which is basically what I try to do mostly like I'm kind of done with snake redraft leagues um and that yeah that was just and I I didn't I didn't give that piece of advice and I I regret it to this day
0: yeah um it it can burn you I I I remember a guy I know in my community we were having lunch together because we'll have lunch occasionally and he asked me like, like he, he was at the, like the 12th pick. And I, I said, you've got it at the, at the 102, you've got to get Gronk, you know, Gronk's going to have this huge year. And that's when Gronk like totally fell off a cliff. Um, yeah. So, and, and I, and I felt bad. And the next time I saw him or after the season, I was like, Oh, you know, sorry, that didn't work out for you. That was bad advice. Yeah. It happens. Shouldn't take Gronk idiot. <laughs> I, always, I, I always fall for this trap in redraft every year. I want to get like one of the, like, you know, best tight ends and I reach for them too early. And so I've got like Kelsey or Kittle on my team and that just doesn't work out for it for me. You know, I need to go for the like the Mark Andrews of the world of last year and go late round. I think late round tight end is, is totally the way to go and redraft. Well,
1: yeah. Well, like statistically you should either go early tight end, like relatively early, one of the top two coming into this year or completely fade it like that, like fourth to Yeah right. round well, tight that's end true. is a, basically is proven it's itself time, time again, that it's a trap. Yeah. Uh, just like Raheem Mostert uh, kind of pivoting back into the current season. I also, I, I you know, this off season and moving into the, the redraft season for fantasy, I think I might move up the, I, I know, I think the once money's on the table, cause we we're talking earlier like best ball ADP and a lot of these aren't very high stakes and you do have right. some high stakes ADP but I think once we get really into it, because most real leagues that are going to be higher stakes aren't, they wouldn't draft until after week three of the preseason just for stability reasons. And mm-hmm. now this, you're not going to have any preseason. So it's going to move you know, it's going to be really buttoned up right at the potential start, I should say of the 2020 season. Cause it, you know, who knows if that moves back. But I, I think that fading the rookie running backs as much as people are, might just be a mistake because you have coaching staffs that can integrate their talent. And the places that they landed easier than it is for you know because they can't determine how a wide receiver is going to run a route for the most part, but they can determine what their running back's best skill set was from college and integrate that in the offense.
0: Yeah, do you think people are fading the rookie running backs? I mean, certainly I think people are fading the, the rookie wide receivers. Uh, and for, I, I mean, which I think is smart. I think we're seeing the start of the the start of the the massive fade of rookie running
1: backs is is what else because Edward Haller you know first started as a you know, back-end second-round pick. Now he's moving to the earlier third round. I bet he moves to the later third round. I bet all these guys get pushed back, almost guaranteed the closer we get to the season, especially if you get any sort of news in in training camps or that everybody's going to start reporting to, what is it, next week, uh, that their their redraft ADPs are going to be pushed back and back and back. And that, I think, is going to be a good source of value. You might have to – the only problem is – if you have to wait it out like you did Miles Sanders last year and you got no fantasy value for him for too long.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it like Sean McVay this week said that, you know, he could see using all four running backs and uh, you know, in Los Angeles. So, so, you know, everyone's like, Oh, fade cam Akers, He's going to be the yeah. committee, which I guess is a possibility, but you know, I, I think he's a, probably but, gonna be a great value uh, in redraft.
1: Right. Every team in the gall league wants to use the running backs like the Niners do. like. Because that's what he said. I'd like to use the running backs like the Niners do. Of course you would. Of course you would love to have every (laughs) running back you put in your system be productive. Like that's uh, it's such a blatantly obvious. You know, he's not like, oh, yeah, hey, I'd really like to use uh, my running backs like the Jets did last year. Uh, They really seem to maximize the value of what they had in the backfield. Nobody says that. Yeah. Everybody looks at the best team. It's like, that's great. I'd love that.
0: If you look at his trending, like John Kelly, you know, the one of the darlings of what two, three years ago. Um yeah. you know, like second rounders, um, it is is trending upward. Like he's a he's a hot, hot um, player to acquire according to sleeper. Lean
1: into it. Lean into it and go buy Cam Akers. Jeez. Yeah. It's yeah, it's uh I find one of the funnest backfields to think about too is uh like the, the Seahawks and what they can do. You know, how many retread running backs have they been able to
0: to kind of get some value out of in the, in the past years. Oh, yeah. So many, right. I mean, Chris Carson, I would say is one Thomas Rawls. I mean, Carlos Hyde forgetting. just hit the peak of his
1: career, right? He's finally yep. rushed for over a thousand yards. So he's in his prime. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he could do it. He's a, he's an interesting uh, name that people don't talk about. I mean, you've, you've heard, uh, is that what DJ Dallas? Is that the rookie that they drafted? Uh, but he, they, he they had Travis him.
1: Homer last year.
0: Yeah. And, but but you're right. It could be Carlos Hyde that could, could do that. Classic Carlos Hyde.
1: Revenge game against the Niners. Start him every time. <laughs> uh, without looking at any game logs or statistics or anything, I'm sure Carlos Hyde is great in revenge games. So go get him for those weeks. Uh, but the other part I was going to go with uh, on that, Ryan, is we are hitting the annual. Uh, this wide receiver has been injured over time, but has broken out and has early draft capital. So on Reddit, Dynasty Reddit recently, uh, the 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 annual John Ross is undervalued article just came out, and uh, perennially <laughs> undervalued John Ross. <laughs> and I, I get that, like, like oh, y- you know, yards per. Oh, t- if yeah, you I just look that. at the the times that like he started off last season though, Ryan, right, and he looked like a bona fide stud. He tore up that Seahawks secondary in the first game. He did. He, remember. he was great. I well, remember. And, and he also as a, tore up the owner
0: in a lot of leagues. Yes, I remember.
1: Yeah, he also he also tore him up in the sense that he caught some balls that the cornerbacks just missed. You know, and then he he has I think he had two touchdowns. Uh he was like a Deshaun Jackson, you know, start of the season. Right. And uh that 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 just leads to when you have boom games like that you're going to sway all the numbers you're in there for, because he doesn't play a lot of games. And then we're also getting around right into Will Fuller season. And this is a oh, big redraft yeah. one. So
0: yeah. Uh, the I, so many dynasty leagues, I don't I, have to chase him and redraft him. I can't
1: believe you own him in so many round. He has teeny tiny hands. He's eight and a half inch
0: hands. Maybe he's even I in the
1: quarter. I, you know I, I why? Know. You know
0: why? And I'll tell you why, because strong first the, name, the, the first, <laughs> strong first name and the very first season of this podcast we were talking about like guys you can get like for free on the waiver wire. And I, and I said, well, Fuller's one of those guys that's out there, you know, some of your leagues, or you can acquire him cheaply. And so I did, I followed my advice and I got him everywhere. Um, and then his value has risen since then. So yay, me. Ha-
1: has it? Has it? <laughs> has it risen?
0: Well, it's gone from free, almost free to, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm not sure where he is now. I, I know he had that spike, I think last year going into last year. Yeah. Well. I have Will Fuller in a relatively
1: more expensive dynasty league that's full PPR that I have a you know nice contending roster there's our some things would have to break right for it to go really well and I think it can uh but I don't I don't want him. I want to move him with this you know kind of there we're talking like he's a 7th round redraft pick is yeah. what now the experts but like a lot of experts are saying you know I'm scooping him up everywhere the 7th round is such a value and I kind of want to feed off that uh, one, I don't think it's a bad process to have Will Fuller high. You have uh, the continuity in Texas, that wide receiver core is turned over completely, and he has the potential to be the top target there, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of good things going in his favor for sure. Do we actually see Will Fuller capitalizing on this? Is, is like in a year from now, can you really, really picture Will Fuller being like, Oh, yeah, that he's he was he was there for me week in week out.
0: <laughs> no, because his injury history. I mean, the guy just cannot stay healthy and, and I guys like him that get injured as often as he he does just avoid them. Um But, but I will say this, well, you want to sell him. He's the type of guy that if he's healthy the first week or two of the season could put up huge numbers and then suddenly, you know, his, his value is way up here and you, and you could get a decent return for him. So I, I think he's a guy just to wait and hopefully they, they play a couple of games and hopefully he does well. Cause he can. We've, yeah. We've
1: seen- yeah. He has like that, like two touchdown game that he has like every year right off the bat. Yeah.
0: It, it usually happens early with him. So, well, I mean, and there's no training camp or preseason.
1: So at least right now there's, I shouldn't say training camp because what OTAs, whatever you uh, get confused. just less opportunity to get hurt.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and it's so funny that, that like one of the things you, you hear people say, I think like I was listening to whatever the ESPN show is called, you know, Michael looks like, yeah, but I do feel really bad for these players that don't get to showcase their talents in these preseason games. And I'm thinking to myself, uh, I, you know, there's, are still going to need to keep these guys in taxi squads and stuff. They'll still see the players. I mean, I, I get it. They won't be exposed to as many other teams, but is it really that different? Yeah. Me?
1: Ryan, Ryan, no hype train might not even happen
0: this season. that's true i forgot about that
1: but they also you know roster sizes are limited to 80 so you know coming in udfa is going to be a harder battle for them uh
0: there is a way this could work out for us though um i think there's a way that the nfl season can happen and then we might get college football right after that if we had spring football yes we'll we'll have lost a lot of players that will decide to declare for the nfl but we'd have football like year round that'd be pretty exciting yeah
1: i'm really like if i were if you could bet like just whatever bet 100 win 100 uh i think I, I like if i had to so as in uh either i bet or poppy is taken away from me uh i would bet a hundred dollars that the college season doesn't happen in this in the fall
0: yeah i i would make the same bet as you I, you see
1: um, you see the dominoes starting to fall with like big 10 going you know first you see the ivy league do something and history has it ivy league canceled their tournament first so thus they are the geniuses when it comes to this but also yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> I
1: mean, no ryan trust me i looked at <laughs> i looked at the ivy league's rate of sports choices and it hasn't worked out well for them in the past they're still not good at sports bunch of nerds so, no. So.
0: And, and, you know, I, I, you know, not everyone with an Ivy League degree is the most brilliant person you've ever met. I, I will say that I've met some um, Ivy League grads, and, you know, obviously there are plenty that are impressive, but there are some that are less than impressive, if you know what I mean, so.
1: <laughs> God, there's some that are less than impressive. Yeah. Take that.
0: No, I, yeah. and I'm just saying that, you know, sometimes people are impressed by that, and it doesn't necessarily mean anything, you know. You've got to have the... I, I do
1: think... I. I do think the Ivy leagues put player safety a little bit further ahead than the other, you know, leagues, no doubt. A lot, because they're not as ruled by the almighty dollar uh, as heavily as everybody else. So I, I do think that anybody who's really looking forward to the college football season. I mean, I, I love college football, Ryan. That's my first, like, that was my first thing that I, that I was passionate yeah. about as far as football goes. Right. I, I I'm fully prepared for it just not to happen. Yeah, um, which is also disappointing because you have Debbie guys like, like Brock Purdy from mm-hmm. Iowa state. He was starting to like, he's popped up in comment sections in discussions about Debbie players. that if he took a step forward being uh, a highly drafted quarterback next year, uh, I didn't watch enough of Brock Purdy last year, but, and it is Iowa state versus Iowa, but uh, you know, I always root for those guys. So it, the, the thing that, that sucks is the players that have been, Taken away from earnings like earning any sort of income, what do they do in a year off? like what happens next year in the draft? It could just be this could go on forever, and uh you know it, it it's going to be continual discussion topics of people making predictions that we just don't know what's going to happen
0: right yeah. what I
1: do know what I do know, Ryan, is the college season <laughs> doesn't happen is uh Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are still going to be great. I don't think that there's any sort of college football season this year, unless a complete tank job, uh, even injuries, we're talking late, uh, you know, 10th game of the season, torn ACLs. Those two guys, I think are still going to be great NFL players. So.
0: Yeah. They've, they've the chance to be, that's for sure. Um, and you know, if there's no college football season, I, I guess NCAA football, uh, 14, will spike in value even more. Did you see on Twitter, it was trending the other day. I think I had the year right, the last time they made NCAA football for, I think it was like the Xbox 360. Huh. So the idea was like, what's the best, you know, or, or, so I guess people are rediscovering this game and they're paying like $150 for a copy to play in their old systems because oh. um, that's the last version of it. So I think that's pretty interesting. I can't remember
1: which year, of it. I think it might've been 2011 or 2010 when I was going to school for t- my teaching license and I was still bike racing. So I would have my trainer set up and we lived in this top level apartment. And so I'd have four washing machine, rubber pads because it makes so much noise uh, <laughs> underneath it. And then I'd have the, you know, the front <laughs> wheel propped up properly. But anyway, the the story of this is, is I would sit there because you had to do long rides. And in Iowa in the winter, it's, it's snowing no. and I've never been a big cold weather rider, no, but no, no, no. I, I, had done more than one, at least a dozen, three-plus-hour rides on an indoor trainer with the Iowa Hawkeyes just dominating national <laughs> championships. I will say one of the most nerve-wracking things in there is you create yourself, right, as a player, you can, right. and then you go through, like, the drills, and then you restart, you know, you go back and restart them because you didn't do as good as you want to the first time. <laughs> but you come out as a recruit, and you have to recruit yourself to your own team. And, you know, Iowa's always a favorite because I'd make, make him from Iowa, you know, Will Greenwood. Uh, right. High has been winning wide receiver, <laughs> running back, quarterback, whatever you want. You can do it all, man. Well, you play, you play so athlete. many seasons when you ride on the trainer that much. Uh, but then, he, like, he would have, like, Texas up there. And I was like, boy, you ain't going to Texas? Come on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, yeah. Um, I have I, also created myself in a video game before. Some of those um, – uh you know basketball games uh college hoops games i would make uh ryan livergood starting point guard for the fighting illini and uh <laughs> man i could shoot the three i'm telling you Lions river good <laughs> <laughs> all right we should probably do the two-minute warning well and get out of here we, this has been a fun show we've been all over the place we've talked about a little bit of everything on this show um any final thoughts last last couple of minutes
1: yeah. Well, I mean, thank you for tuning this one. I know it's off the rails. At least it's fun. We don't, there's just not, there there's so much to talk about, but not talk about uh, right now. Ryan, we didn't really hammer on this Aaron Jones topic though. Uh, I want to circle back. To okay. My, my show note. Okay. <laughs> circle <laughs> <Singular> back <laughs> like a shark in the water. Singular uh, show note for today. So let's just go rookie picks, Ryan. Super flex you know, PPR, let's go tight end premium because it doesn't really matter this year. Uh, but not not two tight ends. Where, like, where do you put Aaron Jones in that in that draft order? So you have... Oh, whew, good question. I think that's where we should start. Uh, uh, even though uh, most rookie drafts are done because everybody's got moved up because we were super bored. But yeah. maybe put this at like a, a value. Because I don't know. Because I, I think I want all... Other five running
0: backs. I'll start. Right. I'll for, just go off for sure. No, I'm a. i am I agree with you. The five running backs for sure. We're on the same page so far. I think. Yeah, and then I, I want Tua uh, and Burrow. I think right? I want Tua and Burrow. Yep, me too. And then I think I want Judy and Lamb over him too. I think so. I mean, I think so. I'd seriously think about it. So that's where. The, that's where it's questionable for me. Like that range. So that I one.
1: Wait. That one ten is where we end up because you have right. five running backs. Four. Uh, positional player or or two QBs, two wide receivers. So uh, pick one ten, so that's uh, you know Justin Herbert, Jalen Rager.
0: Yeah, I like those guys a lot too. I, I mean, AJ Jefferson, AJ Dion. yeah. There's, there, I mean, I, I mean, I think you got to take those guys over, or you, it's got to take Aaron Jones over those guys. But yeah. you know, I I think you're right. I think it's that you know one hundred eight, one hundred nine range where you where you think about the swap. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think for me, though, it would move to one, 110 would be the earliest I'd move. Cause I, I think it's not a hard choice to take Judy or Lamb over him or those five of the running backs and take their upside. And I know right. that Aaron Jones just finished as a top running back, but that that situation does have, to me, more risk than the rookies.
0: But if you own Aaron Jones, you, do you feel you feel like you want more back than that? If you're going to trade Aaron yeah. Jones, yeah. for sure. I mean, you, you can't give him up for that.
1: For the 110? For the, the 110?
0: Yeah, you, you can't do that if you're an Aaron Jones owner. Just You just can't. I, I don't think you can. Unless you're yeah. just like a complete rebuild and you're desperate or whatever. But at the same time, I don't know what more you're going to get. I, I, I don't see people eagerly going out and trying to buy an Aaron Jones. They're trying to get him for a value.
1: Well, because if you're in a complete rebuild, you've already sold Aaron Jones.
0: Probably. Right? Yeah, Yeah.
1: you sold him midseason. You sold him pre-draft.
0: I mean, I hope you did. If, yeah. no way to do
1: it. 'Cause pre-draft like a nice like one oh five price, that'd be a win win for both sides. Uh maybe more win for the person giving up the one oh five at that point in time value wise. Mm-hmm. Um and now we're talking about the one ten, which it it just is there's there, the the appeal, the, the the dripping with upside picks kind of end right there. I guess if you need a quarterback like it's Justin Herbert, that's not terrible. But it's not I'm not excited about that
0: he's definitely one of those guys that could be grossly undervalued compared to what he could do for you this season. I mean, cause Aaron Jones could, could win you your league. I mean, he could certainly do that. He had some huge weeks if everything goes right. And, and then, you know, if you look, looking back a year, you, you, we might've said, Oh man, you know, w- what a value that you, you just don't know. But there, there are always guys like that. And you know, we're, we're risk adverse, I think at the end of the day,
1: what about, what about packaging? I don't know. Like,
0: uh, like let's say,
1: Uh, a player who's going for basically any second round pick this year, potentially, or or often like even like the 201 would be like a, a Todd Gurley.
0: So if you did like a Todd Gurley, Will Fuller for Aaron Jones. So I'm trying to acquire Aaron Jones and I'm going to give up Gurley and Will Fuller. Yeah. Um, that seems about right. You know, I think either way kind of feels right i might have to go do that yeah, yeah. I, I have feels- <laughs> i had that exact situation <laughs> i think it just depends on the owner and their perspective i think i think that could work yeah right asking for a friend no <laughs> asking for a friend uh, any other any other thoughts about aaron jones because that was a we're two minutes or we're going we're going to overtime we're going to overtime with the fancy joes
1: our two-minute warning ride first of all is never a two-minute warning because it always sparks some sort of rant thought in my brain right but uh, i th- i think that's it be safe be well uh we we'll, we'll, you know we'll come back the future episodes will have more more things to, to discuss and talk about but i just we just did like a little uh like a degaff episode to just like relax and and embrace some fun and conversation think about memories past as you listen as you've listened to this one hopefully you've been reminded of anything you know message us on the the fantasy addicts you know group me or or on twitter and everything like that send us questions too i'd be very curious to get you know, what whatever else is thinking. The thing is, Ryan, though, we're in so many leagues with a lot of our listeners. Maybe it's a maybe they're like, I don't want to ask this because uh, I am taking advantage of these chumps. And, and So create
0: to- create a burner account on Twitter and send us your questions if you're afraid.
1: Yeah, Billy Redwood. <laughs> I will not answer any questions from him. He's a jerk.
0: Yeah, Lion River good, as you said. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, grab that handle. All right, oh, all right. No, no, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Second two minute warning. I have
1: been going all out in, in acquiring Lamar Jackson in Superflex Leagues. So in that league where I bounced that trade idea off you off you, Ryan, where it was uh Josh Allen in CEH for uh Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I pivoted from that uh-huh. to Josh Allen, CEH, or not not CH, uh DeAndre Swift in a twenty twenty one first, which Ooh. is looking late. For yeah. Lamar Jackson,
0: yeah, and and ah and Anthony McFarlane. Hey, okay, that's something. I like it. Um, it's a I, half PPR league, right? No, I I think it's a a lot to pay, but I mean, if you can believe believe in him, I mean, I think that that's that's a probably a pretty good deal. I mean, that could work out for you. I I it's gonna be interesting to see what he does because I just feel like regression is coming. But even if it does, I mean, he's still gonna be pretty much locked into like, you know, you got to feel top five quarterback for a while. I've been paying out the wazoo for Lamar Jackson. And I
1: think I might continue. That's one I'm leaning into a hard right. I know I missed the boat for value last year, but uh, I, I, I do think that let's just say two to three year window that he is a big enough difference maker at the quarterback position that I am happy to take on the risk of anybody who is moving him out of the first five picks in a startup type of thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, he certainly could. I mean, it's certainly, if you're going to take a gamble on somebody, he's a good guy to take a gamble on, you know, (laughs) there's some guys you don't want to gamble on, Uh, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to gamble on John Ross. (laughs) No, no, trust me. He's a value. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's get out of here. Um, We are the fantasy Joes. Uh, We are at FFJoes on Twitter. Uh, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash joes. We're also on Twitter, Will is at fantasyjoe underscore Will, and I am at, at Librarian. So on behalf of Will Greenwood, I am Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes.
1: Yeah. It's baby hands blue folder season.